A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks. I am Kat and Couch Talks is the special bonus episode that we do every single Wednesday where I answer questions that you guys send in to me. And if you have a question you want me to answer, you can send it to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com and maybe one day I will answer it. Now, most of you guys know that I've been listening to the podcast and who aren't new to the podcast that I am a therapist and I'm a licensed therapist. However, when it comes to the podcast and especially when it comes to couch talks and me answering questions, I like to remind you guys that this podcast is not therapy and I am not acting as your therapist by answering any of these questions. I'm really just using them as kind of like points to jump off of for some of you guys. Like I think sometimes you might listen to these episodes and you might not have the same exact thing going on, but some of the feedback that I might offer will help you go then explore parts of your lives deeper, but it won't tell you exactly what to do. I'm never going to tell you what exactly what to do. And to be honest, even if I was your therapist, I'm not going to be doing that unless it was like a do or die situation. We like to help you figure it out and not figure it out for you. And so Anyway, all that to say, just want to remind you guys that this is not therapy and I am not your therapist. Although, wouldn't it be nice if I could be everybody's? Actually, I, don't, I take that back. I don't think that would be very nice. That'd be a lot of pressure. I'd be very tired. Anyway, okay. So I usually answer two questions. We're going to do two questions today and I always keep them anonymous. So let's just jump into it. The first question comes from, like I said, an anonymous person. And here is the email that I received. Okay, Kat, a couple of loaded questions here and would love your thoughts and to share this in case any other listeners are having similar experiences. I have been working with a therapist for over a year to address some of my own mental health concerns, many stemming from a childhood dealing with a mom and Munchausen's by proxy. My sister and I connected the dots regarding our childhood and the traumatic experiences we both had, and together, we decided to both see therapists to help us heal. 
Many times we were each hospitalized for illnesses that didn't exist, symptoms that were exaggerated, etc. Almost once a year, each of us had some type of life-threatening illness that required many doctors and treatments. Now, as an adult and with my own daughter, I really struggle having my mom as part of my life as well as my daughter's life. She has always wanted to be seen as the best mother with the perfect life and the perfect family. If you ever ask her or bring up anything to do with our medical history as children, she acts as a martyr and, in quotes, she did everything she could to get and keep us well, seeing the best doctors, blah, 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 blah. And now we've even brought it to our father's attention and he's in denial about it. He says that we are selfish for not appreciating all of the medical care my mom insisted on giving us. My question is, is it possible for a family to heal from a situation of Munchausen's? Do you think it's possible for my mom or my dad to ever understand the situation? Thanks again for all your work on the podcast. Oh boy. This is a very brave story to talk about, even though it is anonymous, and it's a very brave question to ask. And before we get into any of this, I just want to first validate you and the work you're doing, because this is a lot, and this sounds very challenging for so many reasons, and my heart's like beating extra specially for you right now, even just reading this. So for those of you who might not know what Munchausen's is, I think a lot of us might, or a lot of people out there might now know what it is after the Netflix series, The Act, pretty sure that's what it was called, um, that kind of depicted the life, or not kind of, it definitely did, depicted the life of Gypsy Rose. Really great series, really um, could be triggering for this the person who wrote this, but just like very hard to watch. It was a true story. So Munchausen's is um, something that's also called factitious disorder. And that is where you essentially fake illnesses or exaggerate physical or mental issues in order to get some external reward. And Munchausen's by proxy is when somebody imposes that on someone else. So You can have it yourself and you do it to yourself and then by proxy is when you do it to someone else. And that's what the act was. Her mom was doing it to her and that's the same in this case scenario as well. I do want to say this gets confused with hypochondria a lot and that is different in the sense that that is when somebody struggles with actually being preoccupied or believing or thinking that they have issues or illnesses. They really think that. Factitious disorder and Munchausen's, you know you don't have anything wrong with you, essentially making it up. So there's the back of that, if that didn't make sense to anybody. It's fascinating stuff. It's complicated stuff. Nobody really knows. There's not like a one reason why it happens. There are things that people believe that lead to it, stemming from abuse and trauma in people's lives, but there's not necessarily cause and effect and a cure for all for that. And it's so it's really tough. And that's why I even said in the beginning, this is such a brave question and my heart going out for you. So when it comes to just your question, healing is always possible. The thing is, uh, your mom and your dad would need to first acknowledge that there was a wound. And I don't know if it sounds like they're willing to or even able to do that in the present moment. And I say that in regards to the healing that I am imagining that you want, healing as a family as a whole for all of you to kind of come together, acknowledge the truth in this, and then kind of make amends and move forward. Your parents would need to acknowledge that there's a wound there, and it sounds like they do not believe that. And, you know, I've mentioned people do this to get some kind of external reward, right? Well, If your parents continue to believe that what they did was right or good, it helps them maintain that external gain or even the idea of it. Now, if they were to acknowledge the reality of the situation, 
I would imagine that it would take away from that reward. And what I know to be true about human behavior is that people don't tend to change if something's working for them. And they definitely have a hard time changing if something's working for them and they know that changing is going to make that thing no longer work. In other words, the cost benefit of their behavior would likely need to flip flop for them to be able and willing to honor your truth. Now, good news here is that healing for you is still possible regardless. It it just may look different than you want it to. And I'm not sure if your mom or dad will ever fully understand. And there's no way for me to know that or kind of tell you or give you any kind of, you know, future telling as an outsider because I don't know this um, scenario personally, but I do believe that there can be a certain amount of hope and, and acceptance at the same time of what reality is for you right now. So you can have hope that that might be something based on more of the details of your story. And also there can be acceptance of what the reality is now, regardless of what happens in the future. Healing can look a million different ways. And Part of that for you could be to find some radical acceptance for the limitations your parents have. Now, I have to also say this, it could be true that they are not safe people for you to continue to engage in. So I'm going to let you and your therapist iron out the details here. What I'm just saying is regardless of what your parents do, there is so much healing and freedom available for you. You just might have to examine your expectations of what that actually is. And that goes for everybody, no matter what your situation is. I think a lot of us put a lot of energy in other people in our lives changing in order for us to get our needs met. And as adults, it doesn't have to be that way. We can take ownership and responsibility of our own healing process, which is very cool. (laughs) Now that does come with some grief work, a lot of grief work probably. And especially in this situation, I'm imagining there's so much grief work in that of letting go of what you want and what you actually what you deserve as a human and as a as a daughter to people. But also with that grief or and also I should say, I like to use the and not the but with that grief comes something better than putting all of our emotional outcomes in other people's hands. It comes with the ability for you to move forward and have the life that you want to have and the life that you deserve to have. So all that to say, there's definitely healing possible. What that healing looks like might uh, depend on kind of you and your process and the abilities and the willingness of your parents to acknowledge this stuff. You know, this just is another example of the grayness of the world, right? We want these black and white answers. We want a yes and we want a no. And I can't give you that either of those. (laughs) But what I would like to encourage you to focus on is how do I stay present in the moment that I have now? And how do I find healing in the moment that I have now? Because I also believe that the moments that we have in the present are the most important moments ever because they're what we have, like they are what we're in. So it's, it's necessary for us to acknowledge the present and and what's in front of us. Again, heart goes out to you. This is so tough and I can't imagine what you've been through. And I'm so grateful at the same time, even though I don't know you, that you have been able to do some really good work around this. And I want to encourage you to continue that work because especially having a daughter of your own, I'm sure a lot of that stuff is popping up for you all over the place. So thank you for sharing that. And let's move on to question number two. Hey guys, Kat here, and I have something 
very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Hi, Kat. So I have been going to therapy for a couple months now, and it's large part thanks to you and the podcast. I've gotten a lot out of it, and I'm not going every week anymore. I'm going every other week. And I'm so glad I even started going in the first place. My question is, though, not about my therapy, but more about therapist rules. 
for a lack of a better understanding of what to call this. I saw my therapist out the other night and I swear we made eye contact, but I felt like she ignored me when I tried to say hi. I definitely remember talking about boundaries in our first session and I understand that she can't talk to me if I don't talk to her first. However, I felt like it was really weird that night and I wanted to bring it up in our next session because I did try to say hi. I have found myself making up a lot of stories and scenarios in my head and I've even convinced myself that she doesn't like me. I'm asking this even though I know from being an avid listener that you aren't going to give me a direct answer or the direct answer that I want. But what do you think I should say? What do you think I should do? I don't want to impede on my therapist's life or think that I'm trying to outside of our therapy and I don't want to make her feel bad, but I wish she would have been open to saying hi to me in public. Okay. (laughs) I love this question so much. And I actually bumped this question up in hopes that maybe you could hear this before you see your therapist again. So I hope I've caught you at the right time. Now, before we get into this one, I want to explain some general therapist boundaries. So I'm an LPC. So that's that's my license. And this is the rules for us. And I think it's kind of like probably the rules for any healthcare professional. It regards to HIPAA and privacy. So and this is just the standard. So some therapists might have different boundaries and more strict boundaries based on them and their lives. So I don't know if this therapist has stricter boundaries. But this is the essential basics 101. A therapist cannot say hi to a client in public unless the client says hi to them, uh, because that's protecting your privacy. So if a client were to see me out somewhere and I saw them, and let's say we even made eye contact, I can't even wave unless the client waves first. If I saw them in the grocery store, I mean, it's anywhere. If I saw them literally anywhere except my office, that would be the rule. And I will say I see clients kind of quite often. (laughs) And I've had clients that have 1000% ignored me and it's fine. Like if that's because therapy and everybody wants, first of all, not everybody wants people to know they're in therapy and it can be uncomfortable. Some people don't want to talk to their therapist or see their therapist when they're out in the wild. And that can be for a million reasons. And I'm not even going to get into that because there's a million of them. And so (laughs) it would take a lot of our time. But with that, some therapists might tack on extra stuff. They might say like, I'm not going to talk to you in public. Or if I see you in a certain place, I'm not going to speak to you. And some of you guys might be like, oh, why? Like, why does, is that such a boundary? Like, why do they have to say hi to you first? And it's because it's fine if a client wants to acknowledge their therapist, but if we're, let's say we're out in public and or let's say we're at the grocery store and you're, I don't know why I picked grocery store. We're at the grocery store. I did see my therapist at the grocery store once and we did talk. I was by myself. She was by herself. But we're going to make that scenario different. Okay. Let's say I was with like a new guy I was dating and I was at Trader Joe's and I saw my therapist. And let's say I went up and said hi to her or let's just say actually she came up and said hi to me first. I didn't say hi to her. I didn't have a choice. And I say, hi, how are you? Good, good. How are you? This is my friend so-and-so or this is my boyfriend or this guy, however I want to introduce him. Okay. Therapist leaves. Boy says, who was that? Well, then I'm put in the situation where I either have to brush it off, lie, or tell him that that was my therapist and that might move into a conversation I'm not ready to have yet with that person. At the same time, maybe I'm with somebody and that's also his therapist. We don't know that yet. And we're both seeing the same thing. I mean, there's so much in that. And that's why I even said before, there's the reasons why somebody might not want to, we're not, we can't get into all of them, but it breaks confidentiality. Even if I don't say, hi, I'm so-and-so's therapist, or it's like written on my face because it puts them in a situation where they might have to answer a question like that, if that makes any sense. 
So, I mean, and there's more to that as well, but that's the rule. I'm going to stop talking about this and move on to this question because I think it got a little sidetracked. Um, anyway, so honestly, I think it is a waste of time to even go through the scenario that you sent me and, and talk about the scenarios. It's a waste of time for you to go through all those scenarios in your head of trying to figure out why your therapist ignored you, if that's what she even did, because it doesn't actually matter. It doesn't matter if she saw you, if she doesn't didn't see you, it doesn't matter why, she, if she did ignore you, she ignored you. None of that has to do with you at all. None of it. None of that has to do with you. That all has to do with your therapist, her life, her eyeballs, her thoughts, her whatever. What's important is how you felt and how easy it was for you to jump to all these conclusions that it, it seems like you jumped to. So that is what I think you should say. I just think you should tell her that you saw her and then explain to her kind of what went through your head, walk through that. And I believe that would be such a beneficial session to talk about and to talk about what came up when you saw her. It is very, 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 very natural to want your therapist to like you. So there's nothing wrong with that, nothing at all. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. You might have shame, acknowledge that and talk about it because there's something underneath of that. The important part of all of this is getting to the why behind your what here. Why do you want her to like you? Why is that important? Why is it easy for you to assume she doesn't? All of this is therapy in itself. And so this is a, I think, kind of like a godsend that this even happened because it might help you get to the root of more of your stuff. And again, none of this is about your therapist and, and her why behind her what. It's yours. And I want you to really remember that. No matter what her reasoning was, that's not important. What's important is your experience and what came up in you and what popped up in you. Because there might be some people out there who that happens and their first thought is, oh, she must not have saw me. It doesn't seem like you did that. Or that happens, oh, she must not want to impede on on my night. She Maybe she felt awkward and didn't want whatever. But your first thing went to like, oh, she doesn't like me. And the other thing is, which I think is important to talk about with your therapist. And so many of my clients bring this up about it is important for her to like you and why that is. Talk about that. Talk about that all day long. That could be like five sessions. You might not want it to be, but there might be enough juice in there for it to be five sessions. So yeah, I would just encourage you to really go to your therapist and bring all of that up without filtering it and just see what comes up. And if she is a good therapist, which I'm sure she is, because it sounds like you've done some great work with her, you'll be able to do some great work through that. Now, for everybody else in the world, I hope that you got something out of the, you know, nice HIPAA explanation I gave to you. <laughs> Very professional um, HIPAA explanation. And if you ever have an experience like that, also bring that up. And you might even want to talk to your therapist about it before it happens if they haven't brought it up already of like, hey, what do you normally do? Or what usually happens in these scenarios? That might be helpful because depending on what kind of town you live in, you could bump into your therapist all kinds of different places. And Nashville is like a big, small town. So I see people all the time. And you know, we get through it. All right. So that wraps up this episode of Couch Talks. And I hope you guys are having the week that you need to have this week. I, right now, I'm on vacation. So this I recorded earlier. And I hopefully am out on a lake somewhere skiing and wakeboarding and not face planting. But I could also be doing that. <laughs> Um, but again, I hope you guys are having the week you need to have, and I will talk to you on Monday. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.